What's going on my friends? This is Dustin Stelzer with Electrician U and today we're going to talk about how to terminate and test network cables. So before I get too deep into this, let's talk about Cat5 a little bit, just so there's a base knowledge of what this stuff is. Um, Cat5 is a universal twisted pair cable. So it's got eight conductors in it. There's multiple different cats. There's Cat3, Cat5, Cat5e, Cat6, Cat6a, Cat7, and Cat8 so far. Um, each one of these cables has a little bit different twisting. So essentially Cat3, how it's twisted is different than how Cat5 is twisted. They're still twisted, um, but the more twisting allows it to pass data over it faster. There's less interference that can happen inside of the conductor. So uh, where Cat3 is like a 10 megabyte per second transfer speed that can go down these conductors, um, Cat8 is 40 gigabytes per second. So that's much more drastic. Um, there's eight conductors in it and you don't think about each conductor independently because when they're hooked up to something They're always done in pairs um, just like in anything else electrical. So with this you've got four pairs You've got the orange orange white. That's one pair green green white blue blue white and brown brown white How you hook these things up? Varies from thing to thing. So this is called a keystone jack. This is the female of what a RJ 45 goes into. These things click in together and there's pins on them and the pins line up in very specific ways. But you got your male RJ45, your female keystone. So if you look on the inside of a keystone jack, there's eight little golden looking uh, pins. And then if you look in the inside of an RJ45, there's eight pins as well. So each one of these wires has to go to a very specific pin for a very specific reason. Um, if you look at this is a prefabbed cable. If you look on the inside of it and you match them up exactly uh, side by side, you'll notice on a straight through cable, it everything lines up with oranges on left, blues in the middle, greens straddling the blue, and then on the right side you've got uh, your brown and brown white. So that means that at the beginning of this cable and the end of this cable, they're wired the exact same way so all of the signals can pass straight through the cable from what they're hooked into to what they're hooked into um, and it's just sending everything straight through. There is some, some, something called a crossover cable and that's where you switch a couple of the pins so when they're hooked up one way uh, signals can come through and it can be diverted differently on the, the receiving side. you're only using four out of these eight wires. The other four don't do anything. So the inner two blue and blue white and the brown and brown white on the outside don't do anything. Um, what you're using is the orange, orange white and the green, green white. You have to have something to send a signal and something to receive a signal. But you if you have like two uh, different machines, one of them needs to be able to send and receive at the same time, the other one needs to be able to send and receive. That way they can talk at the same time and transfer data between them without one of them having to wait for the other one. And that's how phone lines work too. With, with having four pins, you have someone being able to speak and hear at the same time. Otherwise it would just be 
like a like a, a radio where you'd have to talk only and wait for that other person to hear on the other side and then when you're done they would have to talk um, so that's the reason why it's a four pin system the important thing to get right is when you're doing the pinout on these there is an A configuration and a B configuration you'll see a lot of these keystones have uh, different wiring diagrams on them and they say A, B, B, A so it doesn't really matter which one you use the old school stuff was always A and um, it's because back in the day they had phone lines that they started adding computers to and so they needed the computer pinouts to match with whatever the phone pinouts were already at so a lot of the A systems were that way but since then everybody's moved to B for the most part and it honestly doesn't matter if you have a cable that is wired both ends on B configuration and you have all of your jacks wired in A configuration everything still works just fine Special shout out to Rogers. Uh, Rogers is a, a large electrical contracting company based out of Atlanta, um, Alpharetta, really. Um, but they're, they operate all over the US. So uh, one cool thing about Rogers is they really put training seriously. Like they reached out to me and they're like, dude, we need some training for our guys. Uh, we do specifically this kind of work. And so I think if we have a bunch of videos that can help kind of teach all the new guys what's going on, especially um, the old guys too, anybody that's at our company, it, it will help all of us get on the same page um, because they're, they're a huge national company. So how do you get you know hundreds to thousands of people on the same page doing the same work with the same understandings? Make videos and like have them watch them. So it's really cool what Rogers does for their employees, like how much they're willing to take seriously training. Um, so a lot of the videos that y'all see are sponsored by them and have been kind of tailored to what they need. There's also videos y'all are never going to see because it's very specific to their customers. So um, I've been able to, to do enough work with Rogers for long enough to see the value in their company and feel comfortable enough slapping their logo on my videos. So if any of y'all are curious at all about them, if you're looking for a job and you're wanting to kind of get into the commercial service realm, they're hiring all over the country. Um, so they may be hiring near you. Check their website in the link below if you're interested in that at all. So how do we do terminations on this thing? First off, we gotta score the outside and take the sheathing off. Um, what I'm using right now is a Klein 11057. You can see that right there. This is kind of a unique stripper in that it only does tw uh, 20 gauge up to 32 gauge. So this is specifically meant for the tiny little wires in here. So I recommend having one of these uh, when you're doing any low voltage stuff. But what I do is I very lightly score all the way around and then I just bend it and pull this thing off. Then you're going to cut this string. All that string is is a pull string so that you can pull down the jacketing and pull a whole bunch of this off if you wanted to do that, if you needed to do that, but you pretty much doing what we're doing, you're never going to have to do that. Then I take each pair and untwist them. Now these are all jagged and, and spirally, so you want to straighten each one of them out. So I just run the edge 
of my stripper down them. This one didn't get all the way unwound. And I'm putting my finger over the edge to do this. Now what we're gonna end up doing is for this end, we have to fit all of these in there and they have to be perfectly lined up. So we need to know the order. And in this example, I'm gonna do the B configuration rather than doing the A configuration. All right, so B configuration is going to be orange, white, all the way to the left, and then orange. And then white green, then blue, blue white, green, uh, brown white, and brown. So once you get them all in that exact order, try to get them fit together, make sure that they're straight. You might have to sit and kind of mess with them a little bit. And then you gotta make sure that you've got enough conductor when you cut these so that uh, the jacketing actually slides on the inside like that. You don't want it to be out here. So what I do is I, again, get them all in the right order. I've got my orange, white, orange, green, white, blue, blue, white, green, uh, brown, white, brown. And I'm gonna cut these right about here. I always cut them when I have them straight like this. I don't just cut them and then try to organize them because it's a little bit more difficult to do that. Now all you do is you make sure that the, the pins on the bottom are facing up because again, you want that orange and orange white to be on the left when these are faced up. You don't want it to be flipped over like that or everything's gonna be backwards. So you stick these in and they're naturally grooved on the inside of that. So they're gonna start feeding in and you can look and just double check your colors each time. Got orange, white, orange, green, white, blue, blue, white, green, brown, white, brown. So I'm good, they're all feeding in straight and I'm gonna feed them all the way up to the top until they stop. And you can actually see, if you look deep enough in there to see if you're all the way in. If you're not, just keep pushing it forward. Then you're going to take your crimper, you stick this guy in, crimp down all the way. It's going to lock. This one you have to punch down a second time to get it to unlock. What a crimper does is actually two things. So you can see right here, this crimps down on the plastic, the actual uh, little piece of plastic on the inside of the connector, and that's what keeps the sheathing pinched down. Um, and then on the very deep inside, you can see that all those little pieces of metal um, match up with each one of the pins and that's what crimps the pins in place. So when you get one of these fresh RJ45 connectors, you can see how the pins are actually um, pushed out and they're little knife blades on the inside that pierce the wire once you crimp it. So once you finish crimping one of them, they lay down nice inside of the connector like that. That's without crimping, that's after crimping. Now you have solid connection, so you've got one side of your cable done. So now 
you have to do the other side of the cable. Just a quick note too, if you look at the spiraling of these, you've got two of these conductors that are spiraled kind of uh, loosely, or not loosely, they're just not as tightly wound as these two. That is what gives this CAT6 its CAT6 rating, is how these are twisted together. Um, a different twisting on these than these is going to allow less interaction. That's what twisting pair, or twisted pair is all about. It doesn't allow a lot of crosstalk between the conductors. So now we have both of our ends. We can check the color coding on them. Looks like everything is right. So now we test them. So for testing, I'm gonna use this guy. This is the, uh, the Klein Land Scout Junior. Um, this thing pops out and it can be remote so you can leave this in an electrical room somewhere. Um, just hook one end into it, make sure it snaps all the way. It's got little pins on the inside. Those pins have to match up with these pins. So some people will just put it in like that and walk away. You actually need to snap it in place. And then the top of this tool has the same thing. Pins around the bottom, pins around the bottom. Snap it in place, hit the button. It says test and then boom. It actually says pass. So that lets you know, okay, you hooked everything up right. Pin one on one side lines up with pin one on the other side. Two lines up with two, three, four, blah, 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 blah. If I would have wired this incorrectly, it would say fail. It might say open, uh, depending on the situation, what I did. But a lot of the times, if you do it wrong, like if you got pin four mixed up with pin seven, it'll line four and seven up so you know exactly which pins you got wrong. So it's as easy as that terminating these things making ends on them and testing them. So now let's do a keystone jack. All right, so now let's talk about how you wire up one of these keystone jacks. If you look real closely in here, I mean, obviously you've got eight pins, right? You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And each one of them, you see they're kind of like knife blades. There's a little slot and these wires lay down inside of that slot. And you have to punch them down in there using a, cool, a tool called a punch down tool. Um, this thing has one sharp edge on it and doesn't on the other side. So when you're using this, that sharp edge needs to go on the outside of the keystone jack, not on the inside. Because what it is doing when you're punching it down is it's doing two things. It's punching the wire and pushing it all the way down inside but this sharp part right here is actually cutting the excess wire off. So when we stick this in here, you have all this extra out here that needs to be taken off.
So the important thing with a Keystone Jack is it's got 568A and 568B uh, configurations. So if you look inside of here, you've got A, B, B, A. And what this is telling you is that if you want to wire A configuration, then these are the colors you need to match with these pins. So for A, you would want uh, green white to go here. You would want your solid green to go here. You'd want your uh, brown white to go in this one and you'd want your solid brown to go into that one. We're not gonna do that. We're gonna wire this in B configuration because B is the most widely used nowadays. A uh, long time ago, they used A. Some people still use A, but uh, more broadly, most people are using B just throughout the industry. So what I'm gonna do is take a couple inches of this stuff off. I like to give myself enough to like work with it pretty cleanly. Um, when you see me score like that, I'm not putting very much pressure at all. I'm barely just scoring the surface. That way I can break and do everything else um, with my hand. If you get this in there too much and you start scoring, you're going to score these conductors themselves. And a lot of times that leaves a weak point. And then you'll be punching seven of your eight ones and, uh, wires down and the eighth one just snaps in half because you didn't realize you scored it. So you don't ever want to go too hard when you're scoring. stone jack right here so what I like to do is uh, do the the most difficult stuff that's out of the way first um, rather than starting to crimp these if I'm coming from this direction rather than crimping the ones that are all the way up top first and then building over the top of each one it's just my preference you can do this however you want but I like to do the ones that are uh, furthest away from the sheathing first um, first thing that I do is I put my sheathing just inside, like right about here, so that I have all of this room available to lay the wires down. If you bring your sheathing too far in, you're going to have all this stuff in your way, and it's just going to be a pain in the ass to get anything punched down because you're going to have to be stacking uh, all your wires on top of all that stuff. On the other hand, you also don't want to do this um, and start stacking because then once this thing folds out, you're going to have all of these wires uh, exposed and you don't want to do that. So it's kind of a balance. You just have to figure out where it is. But I've found that when I do this um, right inside of the connector like that is a good, a good rule of thumb. So since we're doing B configuration, what I need to do is the orange white here, the orange white there, and then B also says for this side to do the blue white here and the blue here. So I'm going to start with my uh, outermost pins and we said blue white on the top right, not blue white, sorry, orange white. So I'm gonna stick the sheathing right there on the inside. Now I'm gonna push that down as much as I can to, to keep it secure in there. And then I'm gonna take my punch down tool. Let me face the camera so you can actually see what the hell I'm doing. You push it down and it snaps the end of that thing off and it comes flying off. It doesn't always do that. Sometimes like maybe, let me do the orange one now. Um, our diagram says orange, white, then orange. So I'm going orange, white, now orange. And if I do it with a little bit less force, oh, come on. Nope, it shot that one off too. 
So these things actually have settings on them too. You have low impact and high impact. Um, if you move this down to low impact, it's not gonna have as much of a snap to it um, when you're working on it. Every one of these tools is different. Some of the brands, their high impact is a lot higher impact uh, than some of the others. Let me get these out of the way. All right, so we'll do blue, white next. Let's see what the low impact does. Now, notice that it clicked and it didn't even break it off. You can still just wiggle the thing off. It doesn't really matter. There's some people out there that just really like to do the low impact thing. Some people really like the high impact. They like the stuff shooting off at them. Um, I personally do. I'd rather have it back on high. Uh, just so I don't have to sit and twist each one of those things off. All right, so now my browns are next. And if you see what I did, I didn't pay attention to that. So now I've got the browns on the wrong side. So I actually need to bring these things around here so that my greens are on this side, my browns are on that side. So we're gonna go green, white. We're gonna go green. And then, what does it say? It says brown white on the inside and brown on the outside. So brown white, brown. Oh. Now one thing to pay attention to, be really, really careful of, is that these tabs break off really easily. So if you're ever punching down and you kind of while you're pushing down, your hand slips. You can actually bust these things off and then you're out. You gotta start all over with a brand new jack. So um, be careful of that. But as you can see, I still have my sheathing right about where I want it. All of those are punched down. I can verify my colors. Um, we said uh, orange white here, orange here, blue white here, blue here. What was that? Uh, green white green and brown white brown so we're good to go now the last thing you do is you slip this little cap on if you notice this cap has these uh, little teeth or blades on the inside and what that does is it helps push down let me see if you can see the inside of this watch these blades they cinch down and it snaps together and that just kind of holds the wire down in place but it also has this little cutout which is cool because you don't want to have to work with these with this thing sticking out of the side. What you want is for it to fold over. That way you can stick things. If you've got a network switch or something that you need to pop it into, you want all of your wires coming out of the back. You don't want them uh, fighting each other coming out of the side like that. So that's Keystone Jack. All right, so the last thing is how do we test the Keystone Jack that we just made? Normally when you're running these, you're gonna be hooking one end into a keystone jack that's at a server rack and the other end you're going to be putting a female uh, keystone below a desk or in a room or something like that so um, not always i mean you may actually have two females but what you need is a jumper so uh, in this instance we've got an rj45 and a keystone so what we would do is take the bottom of this thing off plug one end in and then the other end, that's why you need these jumpers. It's good to just make a couple if you don't have some that come with the tester that you've got. And hook it in this way. 
So you're sending a signal through your female out to your male. You can do it inverse, doesn't really matter. Uh, turn this guy on, make sure that we got it right, and pass. So just to show you that it, it can go the opposite, if we hook this one in to the tester and this one in to the receiver, hit test again, pass. So again, if you were gonna have two keystones on the same one run, then all you would have to do is hook this jumper in and then you'd hook your other keystone uh, into here. So that's how you test. All right, my friends, that's pretty much it. Um, that covers the keystone jack, that covers the RJ45, it covers the A and B uh, configurations on your cables, um, covers testing. You can test both male and female. Uh, unfortunately, this tester does not come with any small patch cables like this. Um, I have a different tester that I use. It comes with the female and the male ends so that you can test your keystones and your uh, RJ45s. Um, but by and far, this is probably the most used out there. You just need another little cable so that you can change over female and, and test your keystones. Um, let me know if you guys had any, uh, any questions, anything that I missed, anything that you'd like to see more content in this vein of. I uh, appreciate your attention and thank you so much for watching. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.